Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. House prices are skyrocketing in the U.S. and parts of Europe, and a startup that uses artificial intelligence to develop drugs has raised more than a quarter of a billion dollars. Plus, remember how eye-popping Instagram was when it appeared on our phones more than a decade ago? It had this reputation for friendliness, for beauty, and was this visual, quite interesting social media platform so different to Facebook or Twitter or the other platforms that were available at the time. But the app's appeal may be fading. We'll explain why. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. House prices in the U.S. and parts of Europe are setting records. In the U.S., the median price for existing homes rose nearly 24% in May compared to the previous year, and prices were up in every region of the country. Home prices in Europe have also been climbing. In the Netherlands, existing house prices rose nearly 13% in May from a year earlier, the fastest growth rate in 20 years. Now, as prices rose, the number of sales declined in both the U.S. and the Netherlands, suggesting that demand is outstripping supply. A drug discovery startup that uses artificial intelligence has attracted the attention of some big names in private equity and venture capital. Insilico is based in Hong Kong, and it's about to conduct human trials for its first treatment. Warburg Pincus and Sequoia Capital China are part of a group that's invested $255 million into Insilico. Here's the FT's global pharmaceuticals correspondent, Hannah Kushler. So that is quite a lot of money for for a startup at this stage. Uh, They're going to need it, though, because they're going to run their own clinical trials, and clinical trials are really expensive. Um, The reason they want to do this is they think that it's wrong how pharma companies tend to separate a research team that does all the work from the lab and in animals, and then they pass it over to a clinical developed team that works in humans. They think that there should be a feedback loop where what happens in humans actually goes back into their algorithm and their software. So they want to do it themselves. That's really expensive. Um, So we'll see how far that money gets them. They've got a huge number of investors in this round, which is also interesting. And um, the CEO who I spoke to said that he thought that the reason the investors were interested, these are investors who normally invest in healthcare rather than tech was because of these drugs. Some of the AI startups actually are much more like software companies, and they haven't been able to um, attract pharma investors who really want to see drugs get to market. But AI does play a role in how this company is defined. How, How does artificial intelligence differentiate in silico from other drug research companies? So what pharma companies and biotech companies usually do is they sort of follow hypotheses and, you know, one experiment after another and try to find new compounds or existing compounds and repurpose them. But they're doing it at a sort of smaller, you know, bench, lab bench style scale rather than sort of scanning a whole universe in the way that a computer can do. Obviously, they are very interested in dabbling in AI. And one of the interesting things about Insilico is it does have partnerships with big pharma companies like Pfizer. But at the moment, it's really this new generation of companies that is pushing this forward while pharma sort of stays on the sidelines and and tries to decide whether to change its entire tactics in R&D. Hannah Kushler is the FT's global pharmaceutical correspondent. 
If you can remember what social media was like in 2010, and it does seem like eons ago, it was all about Facebook and Twitter. Then Instagram came on the scene with those amazing photo filters. And all of a sudden, anybody with a smartphone was able to upload flawless, gorgeous images. And that turned into Instagram's main selling point. Elaine Moore writes about technology for our Lex column, and she recalls how Instagram was so appealingly different. Within two years, Facebook had snapped it up, and in 2018, Instagram had a billion users. But Elaine says it's been downhill since then. We haven't had any numbers from Facebook about Instagram users since 2018, and I think that's probably because user growth has been slowing since then. 2018 is also the year that Instagram's founders left Facebook because they couldn't agree on the future of the app. And if you use Instagram yourself, you will know that the way the app looks is so different now to how it was a few years ago. There are so many links. There is a lot of clutter in the app. The original design was quite minimalist, quite beautiful. Now there's a shopping link, there's multiple video links, there's messaging. And also what you're seeing in your feed has changed. I've, I've seen this in my own feed. The number of friends I have who are putting up photos has dropped dramatically. And what has replaced that has been branded campaigns, influencers, and adverts. Yeah, and in your column, Elaine, you cite a British government study that showed that young people under 24 years old spent 10 minutes every day on Instagram. And that's actually down from the previous year. They were spending more time on YouTube and apps like TikTok, which is really a big part of the story. Uh, Can you talk a bit about how these other apps are contributing to Instagram's seeming decline? YouTube has always been popular, and I, I feel like sometimes we don't talk enough about the amount of time that people spend watching videos and seeing the adverts on YouTube. TikTok is maybe a bit more interesting because it's new and offers something completely different to Instagram and all other U.S dominated social media, which is something quite lighthearted and an emphasis on showing your flaws, showing all the imperfect side of yourself. This idea that social media should be a performance has kind of uh, seen a backlash on TikTok. And it's been so popular. People like to see the fact that their peers, everyone else online is not living the most amazing life, one that they can't even aspire to. And that actually we're all, we're all the same. We're all in it together. So what would it mean for Facebook if Instagram were to go into a decline? I have to imagine it would, it would hurt pretty bad. Well, it would because it's only just getting started with monetizing Instagram. And it has this idea that it wants Instagram to be more than just advertising. It also wants to build out an e-commerce site. So you don't just see an advert for something on Instagram. You click through and you can buy it. And Facebook can take a, a cut of that. That's a model that is already very popular in in Asia and Facebook has been trying to do this for quite a long time and with some success. We don't know the exact numbers for Instagram, but we know that the money that Facebook is making in the US from users has gone up dramatically, even as the actual user growth itself has been fairly flat. So if Instagram were were really in decline, this this would be a blow to Facebook's entire plans to divert itself away from only relying on advertising revenue. But you got to imagine that Facebook is is adapting to this, right? It is Facebook. Is there anything that it, it can do? Well, this is interesting because, of course, Facebook knows all of this. Of course, it knows that people are spending less time on Instagram and it knows that people are spending less time on Facebook as well. It's been quite public about acknowledging that people are pivoting away from public posts and are using private messages more. That's partly the result of 
the bad press that Facebook itself has got and the, the lack of trust in Facebook. But Facebook, very cleverly, has got that base covered because it has multiple private messaging services. It has WhatsApp. It has messages within Instagram. It has its own Facebook Messenger. So it can still take advantage of the ways that people are changing their social media usage. There's also the chance that people won't necessarily delete their Instagram accounts. I don't think it's another MySpace. It has such a huge base of users that perhaps people will keep hold of their accounts. They might just use them in a different way. So it's less of a social media platform. It becomes more like a business directory. In the column I wrote, people were writing comments beneath saying that they already use Instagram not to post pictures of themselves or their friends, but to to buy things or to get information about restaurants or entertainment in their area. That's the kind of thing that would that would offend the sensibilities of Instagram founders. But Facebook is a money-making machine. I don't think it would mind if, if people change the way they use Instagram in that way. Elaine Moore is the deputy head of the FT's Lex column. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you so much. And before we go, if you suspected that the rich got richer in 2020, you're right. As central banks flooded financial markets with cheap money to fight the economic shock of the pandemic, the prices of assets inflated. So people who owned assets got wealthier. A study by Credit Suisse estimates that at the end of last year, there were about 5 million newly minted millionaires in the world, about a third of them from the U.S., Of course, the gap between rich and poor also widened. The Credit Suisse study found that a little more than half of all adults around the world had less than $10,000 worth of assets. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.